Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by Draft.com. If you use the promo code BOXES when you sign up for Draft.com, you will get a free entry to a game, and Draft.com is a daily fantasy sports app where you can bet on daily fantasy sports, and it's not like regular daily sports. You do a snake draft to start every single day. So you you do not have to know the prices of players. You don't have to do any of that stuff. And if you're into fancy basketball, which I assume you are, if you're listening to this podcast, I think you'd be pretty good at it. So use that promo code BOXES when you sign up. It's just me tonight. Uh, Tyler might be joining us later to talk about his article on hashtag basketball.com. The um, other sponsor, I guess, of this podcast as well. And tonight I figured I would do um, a couple things. Look at some of the box scores because this is watching the boxes. Maybe do some uh, buy, sell, hold for a handful of players and just uh, see where my ramblings take me. And uh, let's just start with some of the games tonight. And I want to start with the the Pacers versus the Magic. Uh, this was a, actually a pretty good game. I ended up uh, watching a lot of this game because I have uh, quite a few players on on both of these teams. One of the players I wanted to talk about is Victor Oladipo. Oladipo had himself a monster game tonight. 29 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 7 steals, two blocks, three three-pointers. Right now, Oladipo's probably at his highest uh, value, I would say. Even though his shot, he is still struggling. Um, I guess not still struggling. He is f- on the season shooting 46%, but over the last couple of weeks, that has dropped to 42%. I'm a, a complete either buy or hold on Victor Oladipo, I think this guy's the real deal. His steals are out of control. He runs the Indiana team. And the fact that he's approaching um, a block a game on the season, uh, a lot of people will be like, oh, that's not sustainable. All right, well, maybe it's not a block a game isn't sustainable from a guard. But if 0.6.7 blocks a game is sustainable, he's, he's blocking more shots than Al Horford. So he's incredibly valuable when you – Think about you're getting blocks from your guard position. So I'm a uh, full either buy or hold on him. Uh, Bogdan, actually, it's not Bogdan. You know how Tyler is, has to be here to correct me. It's Bojan Bogdanovich. Um, he had 26 points tonight, seven rebounds, and two steals. He has been worth owning in uh, standard leagues for sure. And in the last week, he's really on a scoring tear, hitting a lot of three-pointers. And uh, if, he, if he's, for some reason, on a waiver wire really anywhere, he should be picked up and owned. Uh, I know Tyler is a, is a bigger fan of Bogdan Bogdanovich over in Sacramento, but this is the Indiana Pacer Bogdanovich, and he is – Hot right now, so go out there, pick him up. He is a sell high for sure at this point because um, I just I, I just don't see why he would not be owned. But I also don't see him continuing to produce at this extraordinary level and scoring at this high of a rate. 
Pacers ended up winning this game tonight against the Magic. Let's look and see what's going on with the Magic. Evan Fournier, uh, Evan Fournier, he didn't have that great of a night. He still um, hit four three-pointers, had 16 points, four assists, three rebounds. In my opinion, Evan Fournier is a sell high for sure because every, you should know by now Evan Fournier cannot sustain this level of production. I know he's young. I, I do think he has uh, obviously improved going into this year. But right now, on a nine cat across the board, including turnovers, because we play with turnovers, we don't we don't crap out and act like turnovers don't exist. Play in those nine cat leagues. Um, Evan Fournier is currently ranked twenty fifth, and that's uh, on the season, and that's pretty impressive. And a lot of that has come from his incredibly high field goal percentage. He's almost shooting 50% on the year, and that is not sustainable. I would try to move him for uh, some pretty good players out there. I know in a few leagues, I have been offered Evan Fournier for um, players that are actually really good. And when Chris Paul was hurt, I was being offered Evan Fournier. Don't be a sucker. Uh, Chris Paul is obviously better than Evan Fournier. I shouldn't have to tell you that. So do not, if you, if someone in your league is offering Evan Fournier, know that Evan Fournier's value is going to go down. Um, let's if you want to throw out a trade there, I would definitely trade Evan Fournier for Oladipo. Oladipo is the better player for the rest of the year, in my opinion. And uh, Evan Fournier, though he should be owned in all leagues because he is producing very well, um, could very well drop pretty hard considering his. Um, play last year and he is 25 so like i said he could improve a little bit but i i think we know who he is he is a streaky player and he is on a hot hot streak right now so try to move evan fournier as soon as humanly possible let's go over to the philly utah game i believe um rumor on the rumor mill um, Embiid was a game-time decision tonight. He had knee soreness. He decided to play, or the uh, Philly staff decided to play him. I'm not really sure that was the best idea. He still had 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks, and 15 points, which is um, a really crappy night for Joel Embiid and uh, a pretty good night for uh, a lot of centers. Ben Simmons holding it down. Um, I know that Nisaurus might scare everyone off of, uh, or start to scare Joel Embiid owners, right? And uh, for those of you looking at that game type decision, thinking Dario Sarge might play 30-some minutes, uh, he did not because Embiid did play, so that's, that's always something to keep watching if you're streaming to see if Embiid is going to play and then to pick up Sarge for those games. But um, all around, I like all the starters on this team. I think this team is good. I don't think they're going anywhere. I think they will continue to uh, gel well together. Ben Simmons, to me, is a complete hold. That guy is a, uh, a triple-double waiting to happen. He, I mean, he is exactly who he is. And Bede, even though with the injury risk, I would still... Hold on to Embiid. I don't. I would only sell him for someone maybe in that top ten, top fifteen. If you can move him for Boogie Cousins, maybe who got ejected tonight, or if you can move him for Anthony Davis. I know Anthony Davis has his um, injury concerns as well, 
those are the only types of players Joel Embiid should even be considered moving for. And that's if you really want to um, kind of give up on the fact that he is destroying people left and right. He is um, going to be, I mean, I don't know, like he has some potential if he stays healthy to be, you know, one of the, one of the better players of all time. And that's insane that we're saying that when he's only played like a handful of games, but you know, when you watch him play, he's, he's just doing things that, you can't really comprehend someone of that size doing. JJ um, Redick, another player on Philly, who I think uh, is is a bit underrated, not owned in enough leagues. I really do, even though he's a little bit one dimensional. I really do think he should be owned in all standard leagues. JJ, um, his percentage has been down for the start of this season and uh, Robert Covington's has been sky high. And I think both of those are going to head back to the center. JJ should shoot, um, you know, a a bit better than he is shooting now and hit more threes. And he's kind of not a sexy line type of guy. Like you're not going to go, Oh my God, JJ Redick. Uh, You're, you're the, you saved my week. Right. But if you care about percentages, especially free throw and turnovers because we're playing with turnovers. Everybody stop not playing with turnovers. You're doing it wrong. Um, he is a great asset and that's where he gets a lot of his value. So if you're in a head to head league, you're punting turnovers and you're punting free throw percentage, then maybe you don't care that much about JJ Redick and he does uh, lose a lot of value when you don't care about those uh, specific categories. And um, I actually, in a couple of leagues, I went the, uh, I, I zigged when everybody zags. So you know how a lot of people punt the percentages in the turnovers. I decided to like beef up my team around turnovers, free throw, and percentages, and then still try to get some of those counting stats. And um, so far the experiment has been interesting. It is a deeper league. I'm kind of in the middle of the pack right now, but I am consistently winning when it comes to field goal and free throw and turnover. So I don't know if I would suggest that as a um, strategy going into a season. Uh, I I really did try to build my team around that strategy, uh, but I did not ignore, you know, really, really good players at the front of the draft. And and like I said, this is a – deeper league that I'm in. So, um, you know, I, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. And if I, if my sound at the sounds in the background sound correct, I believe we might be being joined by Mr. Tyler Watts. Tyler, what's up? Oh, look at that. I faked you out. You thought I was here. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. You're like a you're like a ghost haunting the fantasy basketball world. I never thought about it. That's potential. This has potential. Um, yeah, I mean, you are incredibly white, so people might mistake you for a ghost. I'm also incredibly white too, so uh, fair. Uh, the world of fantasy basketball. What a great place to live. I had just been talking about some of the box scores from this evening. And uh, I wanted to play a little buy, sell, hold. Um, I've been playing with a few of these players, but I thought I would throw a few at you. I'm going to throw you right into the fire, Tyler. I'm not going to give you time 
to get settled. I'm not going to give you time to introduce yourself to the people who are already listening to this podcast who probably don't need your introduction. I'm going to throw you right in the fire. Let's do it. Wow. You're, I, I like that you're ready. Like, you know, I, I respect that you're always ready to talk about fancy basketball. I'm going to give you a buy, sell, hold. You can also do drop if you'd like. And I'm going to talk, I want to talk about Daniello Gallinari. What's going on with this guy? I mean, he's obviously injured. And um, really, like, I think a lot of people who've owned him this year with a really slow start and then the injury are real tired of him. What, what do you think? If I had a nickel, Mike, for every time Danilo Gallinari broke a fantasy owner's heart, I'd be a very rich man. You would be a very rich man. In, uh, in fact, if you uh, there is fantasy insurance out there, and I think you'd make quite the uh, quite the money back if you just got insurance on Danilo Gallinari every time. Oh man! So, I mean, he's done this to us. Nine million times, ten. I mean, how many times has it been in his? Every season, multiple times. Sometimes during the season, nothing um, new. So, so now it's his butt, right? He's got a bad glute that he's crying about. Um, they announced he's going to be out for at least another week. I mean, he's going to be worth owning when he comes back. I mean, he's not going to shoot thirty-five percent, and he's probably going to score like fifteen points a game at least. If you're in a 12-team league, would you stash him? Would I stash him? No, I mean, I don't know. They, they say he's not going to come back. Basketball Monster hasn't projected December 2nd. Do I really want to wait for his brand of production? It's if not far have, off. It's only a couple weeks off. Two weeks. Um, if it Actually, it probably depends on where I'm at, though, right? If I need to win these next two weeks... Or I'm I might be not making the playoffs. Um, I could see cutting him. I think he's definitely going to be worth holding. No, he's going to be somewhere in that fifty to seventy-five range when he's healthy. But the question is, when is he going to be healthy? Yeah, I would probably um, pick him up if he was on my waivers, especially if I had an IR spot open. There's going to be a full month where Daniello Gallinari is really good, like. Like, why people are going to look at themselves like, why didn't I pick this guy up on waivers? He's killing right now. It's going to be about a month. There's going to be probably another month on the on both sides of that where he's good. In that in that 75 to 50 range, like you were talking about. And I think it's worth it for the month of really good. Because it is hard to find guys like that on the waiver who could produce top 50 value for even a limited period of time. I know every once in a while some of these random guys pop into the top 50 over a week span or two, but Daniello can keep it up as long as he's healthy. How long from now until he's healthy, we'll um, we'll see. But um, he, I, I think he's worth owning. He and and I'll, I'll I'll tell you this for for seasons future. He's already gonna be a guy who's starting to scare me. Uh, next season, gonna be thirty. A lot of injuries starting to add up. He's one of these guys who a lot of times kind of just falls right off the face of the earth in their early thirties. So not super worried this year, but in a few years, I'm going to be deathly afraid of old Danilo. Yeah, I think actually in. This year's draft, he was a more. If you were playing, 
in all the drafts that I did with people who knew what they were doing and not just going off the rankings off Yahoo, um, Daniello really dropped. He really slid. And I ended up with him in a couple leagues because I think he lost like a lot of respect from a lot of people. So I am hoping he does turn it around. And um, I don't think it's special thinking that he could still produce a, a month's worth of top 50 um, production. Well, and it, it makes sense in some ways in the sense that 63 games last year, 53, 59, didn't play at all, 71, 43. It's like the games are just never – I mean, 71 is you can live with, right? But all those other years, it's like, really? You just can give me 70 games? Come on, man. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Um, let's let's move on to another advice I'll hold. Marcin Gortat. Oh man, the Polish hammer. Am I wrong about this? Does he go by this nickname? I mean, I think he does. I, I honestly don't think I've ever heard anyone say it outside of a game. It's not like oh, on Twitter, the Polish hammer just doesn't like. No, it's just usually during the game after he does like one or two really cool things, like if he gets a good rebound, I guess, or. Uh, a block occasionally. Uh, he was kind of there for a while, Mr. Consistent, and was a really great sneaky late pickup because he would end up being in the top 50 year after year after year because he would always just give you you know a little over block, a half a steal, 10 rebounds, 13 points, good percentages, and he, every year, just night in and night out. And last year he fell off, even though he played 82 games. This year he's very durable. Um, and this year he is only playing um, – well, he's playing 30 minutes a game, but he is not as productive as he once was. Is he, though? He's I not. Argue, I'm I saying he's argue, not. I just said he's, he's not as productive as he once was. I would argue, though, that he's rather underrated in some circles now. Um, we talk about this a lot, how – those, you know, over 10 rebounds can be huge. He grabbed 10 and a half last year. He's grabbing nine this year. Um, Gortat's a guy, even in 30 minutes, right? He's only getting 30 minutes a game this year, which is his low for the last few seasons. I would be kind of interested in buying in the sense that I hear so many people trashing Gortat and, oh, he can't do anything, blah, he's terrible. And... I think he probably gets you over a block a game and pretty close to 10 rebounds, and that's pretty interesting to me. Um, I don't know if I have anything on my roster that I'm willing to, in a 12-team league, that I'm willing to give up for Marcin Gortat. I think he is a borderline waiver wire center at this point. And you're right that the rebounds and the block um, kind of uh, uh, and the consistency of those rebounds and block do really help his, his value. So maybe he doesn't end up on a lot of people's waiver wires, but you're not going to get anything for him. So he's definitely not a sell. Um, I guess if you can give up nothing for him you, you, and you need a center buy, but to me, he's just a hole. Well, I mean, isn't he the better version of Tyson Chandler who we've been recommending streaming for, the last few weeks, yeah, I would, I would say so. 
I mean, he's got three more points than Tyson Chandler, and he's got that half a block that we want Tyson Chandler to have. And so, I mean, I think rebounds get underrated, and I think if your team is looking for rebounds, this is a guy you probably can buy for next to nothing and kind of solidify that rebounding category, which is an underrated thing to do, right? People, you know, if you're not punting rebounds and you want to be competitive in rebounds, but you are losing rebounds by two or three or four every week, having Gortat as your 12th or 13th player in a standard league can really help you. And I just don't really think anyone's valuing him. You're right about that. No one is valuing him. I'm just, uh, I'm not terribly sure there's a lot of value to be had there. Uh, let's, I want to talk about Greg Monroe. We have not talked about Greg Monroe. Oh, we have, man. We have failed to talk about Greg Monroe at, since he started playing. Now, before he started playing, we were very adamant that he, or I was very adamant. I think you were a little bit more wary than I was, but I was pretty adamant that he's worth a flyer. He's absolutely worth a flyer. And in his first game back, uh, that that was a hell of a flyer. 20 and 11 with his two steals and a block. But uh, in the next game, he only played 16 minutes. And then against Chicago, a team that every single squad will be destroying, he only played 21 minutes. This looks like it might be a little bit more of the situation that you were worried about versus the, um, I guess, positive situation that I, I said it was worth taking a flyer on. And quite frankly, it's still worth the flyer, right? You, you've got some decent production out of him over three games, but now you're seeing that um, it's still going to be a timeshare. And this is with Tyson Chandler out. Yeah, Wednesday's the day, right? Um, we're going to find out if he's really going to play or not. Because Tyson Chandler is going to come back on Wednesday. Alex Lynn is healthy. He's healthy now. So how are they going to split the minutes between the three? Are they going to prioritize Lynn and Chandler who've been there? Are they going to prioritize him and Chandler, him and Lynn? Um, and this is kind of where I was at, that I don't mind taking a flyer on him because I think we know that if Greg Monroe gets even 25 minutes a game, he's standard league relevant. But if they prioritize Lynn and Chandler in the next game and he gets zero minutes – I'm probably not holding Greg Monroe and just waiting for a trade because, I mean, you and I both know sometimes when you have to wait for a trade, that can be months. Sometimes you're waiting forever. Though in, it feels like this day and age in, in the NBA, trades are, are coming quick all over through the offseason, even into the season. Trades. Um, My worry here, though, is how many years have the Bucks tried to trade Greg Monroe that you've heard? The last two, right? I mean, they've been saying we're shopping Greg Monroe. Um, I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, they've been trying to shop him for a long time. So, you know what I mean? So maybe that trade never comes or maybe like at the deadline, the Suns cave and trade him for one of those protected second round picks that's like only ever one of the last 10 selections in the draft. You know what I mean? It would Um, be nice to see them move two out of the three centers here. That way you could finally own one of these centers. Well, and and I hypothesized to somebody, I think that they really want, in, in their ideal world, I don't think they want any of the three. I think they want to try to play Marquise Chris as a center 
and they want to let Dragon Bender play some center too in kind of one of those uber small lineups. And in their ideal world, they'd get rid of Len Len Chandler and Monroe. You know what I mean? And they just... There's definitely not a market for all three of those guys. And that's what I mean. And Maybe one. But part of their next good team are any of those three part of it. I don't think the Suns think they are. Yeah, and I, I would actually agree that they aren't. That, that neither one of those, or all three of those guys, are not really part of the future of any team looking to go small, uber-athletic. I mean, those are all super traditional centers. But um, in basically 25 minutes over the last two games, Alex Lynn has put up some nice numbers, but we were already aware that Alex Lynn was that type of player. With minutes, he's pretty good, fantasy-wise. And that's that's the ticket, though, right? Is I think Alex Lynn is a much better fantasy player than real life player. Would you let's let's say I could guarantee thirty minutes a game for both of these players? Would you rather own Alex Lynn or Greg Monroe? Greg Monroe, I think we've seen him do it. Um, Lynn though is interesting in the sense that he's similar to Gortat. I mean, nine rebounds, pretty close to a block a game. Not quite ten points, pretty good percentages. I mean, he's kind of Gortat on steroids if he gets thirty minutes, but no one's it, ever going to give him thirty minutes. I mean, that's when I'll put the bed. Right? At least we've seen Greg Monroe at some point in his career play thirty minutes. It's this guy's fifth season in the NBA, and he has never played more than twenty-three minutes. So, what are the chances he ever gets there? I uh, I'm with you on the fact that just it's it's not going to happen. I think for Alex Len. 30 minutes a game, though, I, I would rather have Monroe because we can see we, we see how good he is in limited minutes. But Alex Lynn with 30 minutes is is more than standard league relevant. He's, he's a must-own. So, um, you know, depending on that situ- how that situation goes, you could see one of those two guys become permanent standard league centers in, in all leagues. The worst case scenario is they play all three, though, right? I mean, that's yep. the that's the the oh no, because if they're given all three, some jumble of that forty eight minutes at center, man, they're it's going to be hard to own any of the three, especially if it's a pretty even split. Yeah, if you're... it's like fifteen, sixteen, and sixteen, or sixteen, sixteen, and sixteen. I mean, I don't know that you can own anybody in a standard league in 16 minutes save LeBron or someone, you know what I mean? Like, I absolute stud playing just 16 minutes a game. Yeah, even then, I I, I don't think it's relative or relevant. Um, Brandon, remember Brandon Wright playing like 17 minutes a game where he was like almost border, because of his percentages, he was like borderline ownable. Well, John Collins this year, right? There have been a lot of games where he's gotten like right around 20 minutes and borderline ownable. And been borderline ownable. So, I mean, it is possible, but I mean, it's just a headache too because and when there's three, there's none in the sense that, oh, you know, you you own Tyson Chandler and now then tonight's the night where Tyson Chandler plays five minutes and the other two get all the minutes and you just want to tear your hair out. So I want to, I want to move on to a uh, injury that um, happened a couple nights ago. It looks like uh, Paul Millsap has been uh, horribly, well, he wasn't horribly injured. It wasn't a, it wasn't that bad. I don't know why I was like, 
went so dramatic. But um, he is injured. He did um, end up injuring his left wrist. They had to do, uh, I believe they did an MRI on it, and it turns out it's not as severe as they thought it might be. Well, they already to... broke his hand, right? They actually already broke his hand, and then the x-ray came back negative. So now I don't really so know. Pretty I mean, severe. If you think of... you broke your hand, right? Yeah, and I mean, there's obviously some swelling there and stuff, but it's also one of those ones that is super up in the air now. So I want, I want to give props, shout out to the guy who proclaimed himself a starter. Got the start tonight in Sacramento. Kenneth Reed, 19 minutes, starting in he's place. A sta- he's a starter, bro. He's a, he is a starter now. He's a starter, That's, bro. Uh, he, he called it. He said he was going to start. He started. He's a I'm starter, I'm impressed. Bro. I don't know why you're hating on him. I mean, he's I'm, a starter, bro. Not start. I'm not hating. Um, who – benefits on Denver with the absence of Paul Millsap. And here's another one where, I mean, tear your hair out. Fareed, 19 minutes. Trey Lyles, 19 minutes. Juancho Hernan Gomez, 23 minutes. Mason Plumlee sprinkling a few extra minutes to get him up to 20. Um, Yeah, punt. I don't it's, think a big, want- it's a big, fat timeshare. Yeah, I don't think you want any of them. It, it, now, if one of these guys emerges, right, if Juancho Hernan Gomez – emerges and takes that role of you know 30 minutes a game then maybe you know what i mean or trey Lyles or any of them but in four guys splitting the baby at 20 minutes a piece i don't want any of those no i i don't think you can deal with that i just i don't think it's possible um if anything will barden ends up being the um i guess biggest bump in value because he's going to play a, a little bit more. He's going to get more minutes. And he's been averaging 29 minutes on the season. And I know you're a big Will Barton hater, even though he is straight fire all day, every day. And I think he's worth a flyer if you need those types of stats, which would just be pretty much scoring some rebounding and some okay rebounding and assists, almost to steal a game. And uh, you do not care too much about your percentages. Other than that, you know, he's either, he's a streamer in most standard leagues. Shout out to my man, Dave Yeager, who's the only coach I know who thinks you play your reserves more minutes than your starters at every position. Um, Yeah, he's a moron. And... What I mean, is that ever going to work out? I don't even know what they're doing now. They decided to play this two-point guard lineup, which is a little bit interesting. And then they start Scalabissier, but then they bring Willie Cauley-Stein off the bench for over 30 minutes a game. You would think that they would want to start their young players together and have them play together, Willie Cauley-Stein and Labassier, just to see how they, you know, mesh. Nope. Labassier and... Zach Randolph played it start together. Uh, Scal only plays 13 minutes. Zach Randolph still playing 26 Dude, minutes. I, I want to know what, what Zach Randolph has on Coach Yeager because I think he was trafficking his pot, is, is what it was. <laughs> because which is legal. He's fun. California. 
he finally realized that old Zach Randolph is no longer a power forward. So props to him for that. It only took him, uh, well, this has been the third game so far. So it only took him 14 games to realize that old Zach is not, does not have the foot speed to guard any power forward anymore. So no. now he starts LeBissier and plays him literally every game, like 12 minutes. It, it makes zero percent sense. I just can't bring myself to own any of these Kings. I really no, can't. I, mean, I, I would stream. I mean, I, I guess I would stream a Zach Randolph or a Willie Colley sign if I needed rebounds. I guess. I don't even think that. I You can probably find better rebounds out there, right? Here's where I would go. I think Collie Stein has been getting probably the most consistent minutes out of anyone now. He did only get 23 tonight. Um, He'd probably be the tops of my streaming list, just in the sense that he can do some steals and blocks. Um, Randolph isn't even getting the big rebounds anymore. So if you need, like, double-digit points, and only double digit points in like a deep league, you could stream Randolph. He made George Hill like super irrelevant, which is hard to believe because I think George Hill is a pretty phenomenal basketball player. Um, De'Aaron Fox could be interesting, but only he- if you want like four and a half assists and like two rebounds and a steal and 10 points. Yeah, he's not that. Interesting. I still think the best player on the team is Bogdanovich, even though he refuses to play in minutes because we have to play Justin Jackson and Malachi Richardson and Garrett Temple 104 minutes a game. Yeah, I was just talking about the other Bogdanovich in Indianapolis and um, how he is a must-pickup because he is red-hot right now scoring in bunches, and uh, I just don't think he should be on a waiver wire. I'll back you there. All right, so now that we've settled on a lot of these buy low sell highs around the league and some of the box scores, let's talk about the week six schedule primer. The article that uh, Tyler writes every single Sunday for hashtag basketball, go out to hashtag basketball. There's a lot of great tools for fantasy basketball, but there's also Tyler's article, and it's a great way to start your week and get prepared for, for your streaming. Where, where do you want to begin? This is a weird week, right? There's a lot of, uh, a lot of heavy game days followed by just crickets. Just, I think the bulls are playing on uh, Tuesday and it's really depressing. Like they're the only, nobody wants, even wants to pick up those guys to stream, even though they can get the extra game. Um, this week gets really, really strange. Um, always Thanksgiving. Is, is a no game day for the NBA that they seed it to the NFL. As, yeah, as they should. So that's fine. You know what I mean? So it's a six day week already. And then the way they did the schedule this year was just bonkers, in, in my opinion. Um, three teams play two games, 11 play four games, the rest play three games. So that's relatively normal for a week. But the day breakdown just gets insane. Wednesday, there's 14 games. Monday, there's 11. Friday and Saturday have 10. And then Tuesday, there's one game. So, I mean... By the way, a barn burner of a game Tuesday night. The LA Lakers take on the Chicago Bulls in the race to the bottom of the league. 
And the Lakers play two national TV games in a row, back-to-back against Chicago and Sacramento in the crappest national TV no, back-to-back. There's no way the Bulls are on national TV. you gotta be, you got to be kidding me. In the NBA. Yeah, they're on NBA TV, which, I mean, I guess just, maybe that that's faux national TV, yeah, I guess. There's, there's only one, uh, from what I remember from the schedule when it came out, unless it's changed a little bit, there's only one national – Chicago Bulls game this year, which is like the most depressing thing I've ever heard. And it's against the Timberwolves when Jimmy Butler comes back to town. Well, you can watch the one tomorrow, Michael. You got that NBA TV. It is on tomorrow. I've done, I I would say, a fairly decent job in watching the Bulls as long as I possibly can for each game. Um, Tomorrow's game, I think, will be kind of fun in the sense that the Lakers don't play any defense. And I'm not sure Chicago does either. No, that might be a, a very high-scoring game. Do you have any um, suggestions for people who, obviously, probably, unless they own some of the Lakers and Bulls, which I would s- suspect that most people don't because there's only like a couple ownable guys on each one of those teams, uh, is there anyone you would recommend picking up for Tuesday? Um, so here's kind of how I, I recommended doing it, right? I, I listed the players um, – on on all the scheduled days other than Wednesday, right? 14 games, 28 teams playing, you know, only two teams sitting out. I figured there's no way you're going to be able to stream on that day. Um, I think any Bulls or Lakers player, though, is worth picking up on Tuesday. Just in the sense that where else are you going to use your pickups this week? There's not that many days for streaming. The Bulls have some interesting guys right now. I mean, Chris Dunn, Denzel wow. Valentine, Jerry and Grant. Listen to not, you, waxing on about the Bulls. They're not really that owned. And, I mean, stats are stats at some point, right? Yeah, you're you're right. Justin Holiday is um, back. They are messing around with the lineup. What a surprise. Um, Fred Hoiberg messing around with the lineup. But I, I will say Chris Dunn has looked – pretty good over the last couple games he definitely can defend at an NBA level he still makes some dumb decisions and uh, perhaps needs to work on his um, awareness a little bit more on the defensive end but on the offensive end he is just atrocious he just he just like he makes turnovers like dribbling off his foot or falling down for some reason like it's just like it's like Watching the Washington Generals play the Globetrotters when the Bulls play. Is Denzel Valentine their best low-owned pickup owned in 4.1% of ESPN leagues? Ooh. I would rather, especially since it it seems like Dunn is getting a pretty good stint of minutes here over the last couple of games, I would rather pick up Dunn than Denzel. But I also think Denzel is, is a good pickup as well. And the Bulls have the best schedule this week in the sense that they play on both days where there's next to no games. So shout out that for what it's worth. Um, yeah, why, why, did they, why did they do that? doesn't make any sense. Because they want you to watch the Bulls, man. I guess so. Um, I am looking forward to the return of David Nawaba. God, I can't believe I said that during a season. Um, that doesn't Nawaba's sound actually a real person. I think you just made that up. David Nwaba's kind of good. He's super athletic. He um, 
picks up. He got three starts before he got injured in um, a game in New Orleans earlier this month, and um, he interests me simply because uh, he's the only person out there who seems to have any aggression towards getting to the basket. And quite a few times he'll just get the ball off the rebound and take it coast to coast, like impressively fast. So um, I would keep an eye out on him in, in deeper leagues for his return because I do think Fred Hoiberg likes him, and I think he's actually kind of a good guy to play with the starters because he gives them a little bit more energy, and then you can bring Holiday in to overlap with the starters and the second team, and he can you can get Holiday to basically shoot the ball until the they turn the damn lights off in the United Center. You, can't hit a freaking barn, but uh, he certainly shoots every time he gets the ball. Which fall ends asleep. up fall asleep. You talked way too long about the Bulls. All right, you're 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 100 correct. I have talked way too long about the Bulls. Um, so yeah, go out there and pick up some of those Bulls players this week. Give them some re- the respect they deserve. Yeah, and here's what I'll say too: is um, this is a week where I can't help you that much. There are enough big game days where you have to look at your lineup and seek out the pickups on the days you need pickups. Um, I don't know. Maybe your roster's full on both Friday and Saturday. Maybe your roster was full tonight on Monday. I don't know. And so you have to do a little bit of the work for you. Um, I listed all of the back-to-backs and a pseudo back-to-back on Friday and Tuesday. Um, to help you, and there is someone in for a person in any league. I mean, I got Andre Roberson on there, owned in half a percent of a league. So check it out; uh, it's worth a read. I would agree; it's definitely worth a good read. I would throw out there: there is a couple Sunday Monday guys. So you know, this week, like you said, kind of weird. Maybe you don't use a lot of your pickups. I'm a, I'm a big fan of if you got pickups left and some of your streamers aren't playing on a Sunday, pick up a Sunday guy who plays on Monday. Don't don't waste those pickups next week. Make sure your roster is full for Monday. I still can't believe Spencer Dinwiddie only owned a 28% of leagues. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about D'Angelo Russell. Apparently, uh, ends up he had um, surgery. Um, on his knee to remove some of those loose bodies and that that were um, floating around in his, in his knee. And uh, that sounds super severe. Oh, he had surgery on his knee. That's that invasive surgery. It's not that big of a deal. And you you probably know a little bit more about the, um, the timelines for that. Um, Most of the time, and it all depends on how big the incisions they have to make, but, they're actually really good now at doing those little um, arthroscopic cuts and just like sticking stuff in there and yanking stuff out. Um, they stick a camera in one little hole and they stick kind of a, a vacuum, for lack of a better term, in another hole and just suck the stuff right out. Um, I would guess it's probably four to six weeks somewhere in there, depending on how the knee reacts as far as swelling and things like that go. Um, I'll say this, Basketball Monster does not have him projected to return until January 1st. So I'd be, I would think it would be on the on the shorter end, 
And um, I'm actually suffering from, um, including in our league, I'm suffering from the, a lot of injuries last week. I ended up taking my first uh, four or five loss, my first L, and um, overall anyway. And um, it was very sad. But uh, you're you're 100% right about Spencer Dimwitty. How how is he not owned in all leagues? Um, right. This is a case where someone gets a little bit of hate for. Ooh, I've owned Spencer Dimwitty in the past when he made a start and kind of let me down. I think. Um, I don't think that's going to happen this time around in the sense that they don't have anyone else to play point guard. Um. Yeah, he had one crap game, but he still had 11 assists in that game that he started and 12 points. The other one had been 25 and 8 and 21 and 8. He's definitely worth owning. Pick him up. Keep him till D'Angelo Russell comes back. I'm with you. Even if comes back, probably going to cut him. Even in some of my shallow leagues, he is owned. Um, People are are on him, and I, I would say make your move because apparently he's not owned in that many in that many leagues right now. Yeah, and I mean, there's a, this is one of those like all upside things, right? Like, just pick him up in your streaming spot. If he stinks for two or three games in a row, say, okay, see you, buddy. I mean, there's no downside to it. You are 100% correct because, well, he's not, because he, everyone, you're going to pick him up. You're not going to be able to do anything with him. You're not going to be able to like swing him for, you know, Brad, Bradley Beal. You know, yeah, you're, you're not going to be able to move him for something, but you're going to get some quality starts and some quality stats, and you might as well you might as well run with it. Another guy I'll mention here is Torian Prince. Man, thirty point three percent owned. I don't really? understand this at all. Why is Torian Prince only owned at thirty percent of ESPN leagues? It's That's... not easily a top one hundred player this season. I. Why is he not on? What's going on here? Is there is it name recognition? Like what do you what do you think that I is? I think it's Hawks crapness. I mean they are trash. You know what I mean like no one watches the Hawks and so he's kind of underrated. Now he is shooting a crazy high three point percentage, a higher three point percentage than field goal percentage, which will not stick around. But five rebounds, two point seven assists, half a block, one point six steals, thirteen points. What's not to like? A lot of those um, players on the Hawks are, unlike the Bulls where they're all like, uh, you could stream them if you want to, I guess. A lot of the players on the Hawks are like right there on the on the cusp, like borderline okay. Yeah, they're, and they're on the other side of the, the drop, the waiver wire pickup. I'll say this about Budenholzer, his – uh, offense is a lot more conducive to fantasy than Mr. Fred Hoiberg's. Um, you got guys like Marco Bellinelli who <laughs> could it be because he knows how to coach basketball? You know, I mean, Mar- like Marco Bellinelli is another guy who's super underowned. Okay, now I'll tell you, this guy is nine percent owned in ESPN leagues, and I will read you his stat line, and you tell me why he's nine percent owned. Because I cannot figure this out. 2.33 pointers a game, 2.2 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 1.2 steals, 11.6 points a game on 40% shooting from the field, basically, and 91.7% from the free throw line. Let me, um, 
Let me redo another player's line. Doesn't that sound like it should be owned though in like yeah, 30 keep, well, I'm saying like 30%? Keep that line in mind. 15 points, 2.3 three-pointers, three rebounds, four assists, a half a steal, shooting 43%. Pretty similar, right? Yep. That second line is JJ Redick. That's what I mean. Who we've told, who we've said, hey, JJ Redick should be owned. Philadelphia is fun to watch. They're they're cool. Atlanta's not fun to watch, but uh, Marco Bellinelli is is doing almost almost. There's a little. There's a, a an assist here and a rebound there that he's not getting right, and a couple more and a couple points. But um, he's like a a three force JJ Redick. So why would you not either at the very least stream him? With nine percent means people aren't even streaming him. Yeah. And that just seems like this Hawks team could be kind of underrated all season and might be a good source of things to attack um, all season long. I completely agree, especially uh, when I give a shout-out to my boy, John Collins, for lasting 36 minutes in a single game without fouling out. Congratulations. He did foul out of a game in a little under 14 minutes earlier this year. Granted, it was against Joel Embiid. Um, I'm not terribly surprised. I think Hassan Whiteside did the same thing in the preseason. So, um, Mike, yeah, I think you fell terrible. out in eight seconds against Joel Embiid. He'd attack you eight consecutive. He'd no, attack you six consecutive times possible. on the court, and you would There's just no possible fell out. There's no possible way. I'm telling you, man. I would last the whole game, minus the fact that I'm five six. Could you just run away from him? I can't ah! shoot. Yeah, I would never fell. He'd just be dunking the whole time. I'd be like, "Damn, did you see that dunk?" Yeah, like front row seat for that. That's crazy. That'd be fun. Call uh, call up Atlanta. Um, actually, I wouldn't be able to because when John Collins fouls out, I guess I could come in. But uh, I played 36 minutes against the Spurs tonight. 21 points, nine rebounds, two blocks, 83% field goal percentage. 83% on 12 shots. The game against Boston, 87% in eight shots. Yeah, Johnny. Johnny can play, man. This guy's gonna be. This guy is gonna be good. I'm a hold. I'm a hard hold on him. Still, I still got him in the leagues that I took a flyer on him. He's been kind of, you know, okay, right? But um, I I think he's gonna be good. I think so too. I'm worried about the fouls, though. Still, in the sense that, in a lot of times, the mid twenties minutes, he ends up with five fouls every game, and. I mean, a person just can't foul that much and stay on the court for long periods of time. Yep. Um, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here because he is so young. He it is his first touch into – and I understand there's a lot of rookies not doing that, right? But th- this happens, and, and I think – Marquise you, Chris you, is still doing it. If Marquise Chris could just not foul like a crazy man, he would get a lot more minutes. But he can't not do it. So, I mean, some people learn and some people don't, I guess. I think you'll continue to see an improvement throughout the year, and that will be a good sign. And to me, that's that's keeper-worthy. Like, I, I have him – I picked him up in – Oh, no doubt. 30 points. Super I was like, I'm going to keep this guy stashed. Um, for my weekly leagues, right, I always do the top 10 pickups, the top 10 guys playing four games. Torian Prince was number one. John Collins was number two. Um. 
I would probably consider holding John Collins in a 12-team league even, and especially in a deeper league than that. The problem is, in a 12-team league, I might have the roster that doesn't allow me to do it. Especially in a head-to-head league, I'm going to want one spot for streaming. So I'm really only holding 12 guys at any one point. In a 12-team league, I I think you can still get away with it because John Collins does give you um, top 100 value. Well, and it all depends on how reactionary the rest of your league mates are, right? I think we see this a lot of times in a 12-team league where, I mean, I'm sure you get it, where, oh, a player has, you know, five or six bad shooting games and some very reactionary owner, especially early in the season, cuts some really good player. Or, oh, Rajon Rondo's out for, you know what I mean, the beginning of the season, and he gets cut, and then you pick him up. And at some point, your roster just gets full of top 100 options, and you can't really afford to hold John Collins playing 20 minutes little, if you want to have a streaming spot. Yeah, it gets a little bloated. I, I, I recommend for everybody with a bloated roster, start trading. I mean, even make trades that, aren't, that are two-for-ones that aren't that great. Like, make a slight upgrade in one of your positions for a two-for-one with the bottom of your roster because it, is, it makes more sense to stream – than it does just to hold on to a bunch of top 100 guys. Yeah, I'm with you there. I want to do one more buy, sell, hold before we call it an evening. Um, I want to talk about Donovan Mitchell. Oh, Donovan. Kind of an interesting, I mean, really comes to, comes to shoot, comes to ball. Um, Really, really impressive uh, for a rookie, in my opinion. Uh, Utah has been a little bit weird lately. Um, the Rudy Gobert injury, obviously, has been an issue there, along with the fact that Ricky Rubio said uh, a game or two and has been really struggling lately. Um, and his assists are not, not up right now. And like we said, I think that's a nice – by low situation for for Ricky Rubio, but uh, Donovan Mitchell has been playing pretty I'm, well. I'm cons- I'm I think there's some sort of conspiracy going on. I'm conspicuous of Mr. Donovan Mitchell. If you head over to ESPN, it says Donovan Mitchell born September seventh, nineteen ninety six, in the USA. No place. I'm conspicuous. Just, this is not a real whoa. thing. Is he like an unknown entity? Nobody knows who he is, where he's from? Yep, no one knows where he's from. He's not from a real place. That is super suspicious. Um, but even though he might have been bored in parts unknown. So this is he's, maybe... He's so, starting. This is something we talked about, though, and we thought it would be Rodney Hood, but it's Ben Donovan Mitchell, right? We talked about this a lot in the preseason. This was one of my big reasons I was backing Ricky Rubio was I thought Rubio would score somewhere between like 13 and 15 points a game, even though he had never done it in his career. And the reasoning behind it was this Jazz team needed somebody to score. They lost Gordon Hayward. They had never, you know, I mean, he was their go-to scorer. They had a lot of guys like Joe Ingles going to start, Rudy Gobert, who are not traditional like, just give them the ball and let them create their own shot. Let them create a shot for somebody else. And 
I thought, you know, a lot of us thought in the preseason, ooh, Rodney Hood's going to get a big scoring bump. Ricky Rubio's going to get a scoring bump. Ricky Rubio has gotten a scoring bump. Rodney Hood's got a little scoring bump. But Donovan Mitchell's really come in and created his own shot and created some shots for the teammates. And I think he's going to keep shooting. Probably not very well, but he's going to keep shooting, which means... definitely going to keep shooting. If you do not care about your percentages, he is a great pickup. He's going to score. He's going to get you some assists. He's going to get you some rebounds. He's going to get some steals. He even sprinkles in about half a block a game. He's going to get three-pointers. The percentages are not going to be good, though. Yeah, even if even if the percentages are not going to be good. In, in a lot of head-to-head leagues, and I think I was talking about this earlier, um, most players end up trying to punt. Um, Free throw, field goal, turnover. That's a pretty standard way of approaching the, uh, the most head-to-head leagues. And with Mitchell, right? If you if you punt free throws, you know he's he's a looks like he's a top seventy player at this point over the last um, handful of games where he's been starting. No doubt, it's the worry that- is. The 20 shots a game he gets a lot of nights um, with that field goal percentage. But, I mean, if you don't care, you don't care. Yeah. If you don't care about your uh, your field goal percentage, who cares? It's that over a steal a game and half a block. That's pretty nice. Along with, you know, not, definitely not, like, bad. Like, this is another guy who's going to be – he's going to be real good. I think he's going to be pretty – he's like a – he feels like a, a Bradley Beal-type player who could eventually – Breakout. The only worry for me is how much of it is sticky with the defensive stats. Um, and we talked about this a little bit last time, right? Is like with these rookies, we have no baseline to base it off of. So, yes, the 1.4 steals a game and the half a block look very nice right now. But uh, both of those categories are kind of cluster categories for some players, right, that, I mean, he's blocked the nine shots so far this season. What if he only blocks, I don't know, 20 for the whole year? We don't know, right? We have nothing to base it off of. And so that's a little bit of a concern, but it's not anything that's going to keep me from picking him up. No, I'm not um, picking him up for the blocks. The blocks are a nice um, extra bonus. And I, I do think... You know, averaging that many blocks over this period of time is something significant enough to to mention. We talk about this uh, a lot, a right? Flip. Half a block for a guard is a substantial amount. When you have guards out there like Dennis Schroeder who gets – I mean, he hasn't blocked a shot yet this year, and his career-high average is .2 per game. I mean, that's more than double. So that's yeah. a big, you know, kind of – incremental gain there over versus, uh, guards. Kind of versus a player I was talking about earlier, uh, Victor Oladipo, who's averaging almost a block a game. It's crazy. He's uh, he's almost he's averaging more blocks than uh, Al Horford and over it's, the last handful of weeks. It's another reason I recommend picking up Josh Richardson every week and, and say that he's under-owned is a type who can get you a block yeah. a game. That's a huge amount. That is a huge boost to your team. It really matters. Over a week span, 
I can't count really how many weeks I've every day I go in. I'm like, ah, it's the that blocks is really close. Ooh, blocks. I'm only, I'm only two off. Ooh, he's only two off. Every single block you get and steal, really, but especially the blocks, um, really matters. And uh, especially if you can get them from from unlikely sources or off the waiver wire or from guards. And that's why it's one of the categories um, I'm I'm less inclined to punt because even a small little gain can keep me in that category for the week, can help me win that category of the 20 weeks I play 10 times. You know what I mean? It doesn't take that much to win it on any given week. That is true. So I think that is it for tonight. Uh, Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Watsy4444. And go out to hashtag basketball.com. Go check out Tyler's article for week six. Send him feedback on his Twitter and tell him he's great for writing those articles or terrible, however you feel about the article. I think they're great. So usually I'm very negative and I talk crap to Tyler all the time. And uh, this time I can't do it because it's um, it's a very good article. Thank you, Michael. You can find me on Twitter at Watch the Boxes, um, all one word. And feel free to tweet at either one of us with feedback for the show, uh, questions that you'd like answered, questions about your teams. And if you like the show, please rate and review us wherever you download your podcast. Really helps other people find the show. And um, it's probably one of the top things you could do to uh, to help us out if you like the content that we are providing, along with joining our sponsor, Draft.com, where if you use the promo code BOXES, you can get a free entry. You will get a free entry, in fact. I will and take your money. I did it once this weekend. I took someone's money who whoa, listens to the wow. show. I will take your money. Challenge me. Join. Challenge me. I'll take your money. Tyler's talking a big game. If you tweeted us with a screenshot of you using the promo code boxes, we will challenge you into a, a, a daily fantasy gambling session. And um, you'll, you'll probably win, but uh, I wouldn't count on it because we're, we're pretty good. And um, yeah, I think that that's all. Tyler, got anything else? Uh, that's it, man. Cool. We will uh, catch you all guys later this week. Have a good one.